The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, and one for Moses, and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them, but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen, until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, we desire heaven. The lives of the saints over time are like a colorful icon, a painted litany petitioning the Lord to bring heaven down to earth. A myriad of souls have desired to escape life's pain in the hope that they may be able to taste heaven's joys if for but a moment. The appeal of the Greeks' request in John's Gospel, Sir, we wish to see Jesus, is an appeal to receive heaven's embrace. We want a moment of heavenly refreshment to give us rest and bring us joy. We want heaven's gifts to flow into our lives as we continue on through this world of evil. There is what is called the mystery of evil. It has a life of its own, and it penetrates deeply. Evil gets a foothold, and then slowly sifts itself into one's life. The devil wants to be God, so his works tend to mimic God's work. Just as the mystery of godliness is a holy life wrapped in the gifts of Jesus, evil's growth is often slow and steady. Part of our life in prayer is to reflect on this mystery of evil and how we have played into it and allowed it to make progress in our lives. Our gospel for this morning provides opportunity to reflect on evil's bidding and our Savior's promise leading to hope. The Synoptic Gospels each retell it. It is a picture of contrasts in each Gospel. It has the usual players, Peter, James, and John. They will see the contrasts between heaven's holiness and earth's violence. They will need to see the transfiguration which will help them in the Garden of Gethsemane as they watch the arrest and crucifixion of their Savior. Think upon the transfiguration. 
There is Jesus with Moses and Elijah conversing with him. Jesus is transformed and shines bright white. And a cloud overshadows them and the voice of the Heavenly Father speaks, proclaiming Jesus as his beloved Son. Peter, James, and John fall back in fear and grasp onto the soil of the mountain. Life up on the mountain is so very different from down below in the plains. A war rages down there, but up on the mountain where reality starts to bend like light through a prism, life takes on new meaning. Holy mystery has a place and reveals heavenly promises. Rabbi, it is good for us to be here, Peter says. This is what we seek when we pray, when we come to church, when we baptize our babies. We want the rich and protective characteristics of heaven to embrace us and shield us from this world. Maybe we can just stay on the mountain with Moses, Elijah, and Jesus, with the Heavenly Father's presence hovering over us. Doesn't it sound good? The transfiguration bears a resemblance to Moses on the mountain, receiving the Ten Commandments. On a mountain there, with the cloud coming down and the presence of God in its midst. Both accounts... The transfiguration of Jesus and Moses receiving the Ten Commandments display contrast. The mountain displays heavenly contours. Down below the evil rages. Moses comes down the mountain to find the people frolicking and giving in to lewd behavior with the golden calf in the middle. While the transfiguration is in bloom... The remaining disciples are down on the plain trying to heal a boy of demon possession and failing. The contrasts are a reminder to us. There is heaven and there is earth. There is the mystery of godliness and the mystery of evil. Part of the Christian's journey and holy contemplation is to muse upon this contrast in our lives. You were baptized and loved, bearing the Lord's cross upon your life, every bit of it. You live in the midst of a promise that heaven is your home and you are sojourners on this earth. We live each day in the plain. The church rings her bells in a world of chaos. But the contrast between Jesus and Moses, each on the mountain, is worth pondering as we place ourselves in this transfiguration. Moses came down the mountain, as we know, with a second set of tablets bearing the Ten Commandments. He was but a man, and as Moses descended with the Word of God, his face shined with the glory of God from being up in the cloud with God. The Lord's presence rubbed off on Moses. The law which he carried 
being holy, kills. The glory of God that shined in Moses' face was disturbing to the people, so much so that they begged him to veil his face. But with Jesus coming down the mountain, we see a different picture. And this is where your lives fit into the transfiguration. Peter, James, and John were frightened by Jesus' glorious presence on the mount. But after the transfiguration, Jesus descends the mountain just like Moses did, but he comes down the mountain not shining in glory. He comes down in the flesh, like you and me. He comes down the mountain not with ten commandments, which are holy but kill, but he comes down with three evangelists who will be gospelers when the time is right. These evangelists would come with holy hope and eyes that have seen. They would come down with the makings of the church. Coming down the mountain, then, is the one who speaks and demons flee. Coming down the mountain is God in the flesh who knows what you experience down on this plain. Down the mountain comes the merciful one who has a word and an answer to your troubles, to your pain, and to the hopes you express in your prayers. The transfiguration demonstrates the church's life. Heaven's gift is the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament evangelists. In the midst of these holy witnesses is the incarnate Savior who shines with the radiance of heaven. But what Jesus does is he becomes your companion and fellow traveler. God comes to you. He places his hand upon you. He hears your prayers and knows what troubles you. He knows what you need. And he comes to comfort you. Your sins and failures are forgiven through his blood. The heavenly glory of the transfiguration would soon give way to a most drastic contrast. A Savior who bleeds like you and me. A Savior who wants to love you and give hope with a place. An altar in the midst of life's travails. Where candles flicker reminding us of the light in the peaceful litany of the church's prayers. Where you his saints, like a painted litany, get a foretaste of heaven's joys. In the holy name of Jesus.